listening to the Bloody Bits Horror Show with your host, Eddie Diaz. <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome to the Bloody Bits Horror Show. I am your host, your host with the most, who's stalling because his soundboard is stalling as well, Eddie... The Axe Jefferson, and joining me as always is the little boy to my fat man, Tim Yobo. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Hey, Tim, and we are not alone in our journeys in January, the beginning of the new year. We always have somebody with us, right? Almost always. But this time, we have a first-time guest, and that is, well... I mean, Grindbin listeners should know him, and if they don't, uh, let's get him uh, initiated here. We have uh, Sir Charles from the chat, but Charles, you like to go by Charlie, don't you? I do, yeah. So you you should change it to Sir Charlie, then, just to get rid of the confusion. Yeah, but Charles is, you know, it's much more official. That's true. Yeah. I mean, you hear Charles, you think that's a guy who's in charge. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, on the other hand, you don't get too many Sir Timmy's or Sir Jimmy's or Sir Johnny's, so. Yeah. You could get a Sir Edwin, which is my proper name, but. You would definitely get a Sir Edward. Yeah, I'm not an Edward, though. That's the thing. Everybody mistakes it because that's the more common name. I would say that's about 90% more common, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, we are beginning the month of January, and we are going to be doing a whole month of Japanese horror. And this one initially, uh, you you brought in as a body horror, which is true. So, I'm going to say this is kind of the perfect, like, moving of the crossfader. Yes, exactly. The perfect segue from body horror into Japanese horror and... Charlie, what's the movie you brought us so for this week? This week, uh, we're going to be doing uh, 1988's uh, Akira. Uh, every time I say that, I always think I'm talking about a car. So <laughs> if, I, if I mispronounce it, please, by all means, step right in. Uh, all right, let's all give ourselves a pass for mispronouncing names. Yeah. Right out the back. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm good with that. But, yep, uh, 1988. Yeah. Akira is how I've always heard it. Akira Integra. So, why, why this film? Well, this is one that I'm going to be very honest with you. I have never seen this movie prior to watching it for this podcast. It's always been on my list of movies to watch because mm-hmm. it's just you know it is it's a staple of Japanese cinema. And uh, yeah. I, you know, we talked about body horror and I did a little research and uh, I felt that this would have been a fantastic choice for body horror. But heading into heading into uh, uh, January, I think it's a, a definitely a very good, very good choice. Yeah, I think it's excellent because it, it strikes both of the notes. Tim, what's your history with this movie? Uh, I will say pretty much probably the same as everybody else here. I never saw it before this. I saw always bits and pieces of it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, of course, I know all like the cultural references that have ref- gone back to this movie, but I never got around the scene because I was really never much into animation. 
Interesting. So I actually saw this one probably back in maybe 2004 or 2005. Um, it It's an interesting movie. And, and the history of it is very interesting as well. And we'll definitely get into that. But before we do, Tim. Yes. How much do you like fucking? <laughs> probably as much as anybody else does. Which means a lot. Yeah. Especially That's... now with being locked up in the house all the time. Oh, God. If you're locked up in the house all the time, what else do you have to do besides uh, uh, getting that dick of yours all hard and fucking a, a vagina or an ass or a mouth? <laughs> yeah, one of those three. Can't be too picky. Corona. Yeah. I mean, hey, you got to do what you got to do. And what you should do is chew the chew. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew, ladies and gentlemen. Finally, one of the podcasts from the Biniverse has been sponsored by a legitimate dick pill. And it could not have been a better one than Blue Chew because I think if, <laughs> if, if the company doesn't believe us, they can go and listen to a bunch of Grindbin episodes and oh Mustachio Podcastio, and we have been re referring to Blue Chew forever. <laughs> Charlie, you like getting your dick hard and fucking, don't you? <sighs> More than anything you'll ever know, sir. Yeah, well, you know, do you know what Blue Chew is, everybody? Have y'all heard of it? Heard of it? I'm their best customer. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those of you who haven't heard of it, Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra in Cialis, right? It's made right here in the United States of America. So you're Healthy not getting economy. some... Yeah, help the economy, support local businesses, and you're not getting some weird shit flown in from, like, Uganda that's made from, like, porcupine quills, and and it might give you that's a headache tough or to swallow. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's not like that crazy shit. We, out, out here in the West Coast, Tim, we call it a, a gas station. Out, out there for you, it's a bodega where they have these, uh, the weird dick pills, like no, uh, Rhino No, Bodega is something very different than a gas station, but I know what you mean, yes. So in New York, well, we've got two places we can buy them. We can buy them in either gas stations, or you can buy them in the bodega. Not recommended. Have you ever, seen, have you ever seen any of them in a bodega? Did they have a fun name for the fake ones? Uh, I know I've seen them, but uh, I don't think I've wanted to spend too much time looking at them in the bodega. So it's like How about one of those you, things, you see them quick and you can just tell right away what they are. Because they usually have like a rhino or a gorilla on them. Yeah. Charlie, mm -hmm. you're up in Sacramento where everybody's a degenerate like us. Yeah, have you ever seen that kind of shit? Always. And most of the time Always. it's not even in English. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, well, these are because they're from the United States of America. And it's prescribed to you online by a licensed physician. So you don't even have to go to a doctor or wait in a line. Plus, Lic it's even... Ch I was going to well, say licensed where, you say? In the United States of America. Oh, where do I yep. send my money? Oh, God, I'll tell you. It, but if you're worried about money like we all are, I mean, I know they just passed a thing where we're all getting a $600 check. I know so what I'm spending my 600 bucks on. Yeah, you're getting your dick hard. The stimulus. <laughs> you have a stimulus to your fucking dick <laughs> hell yeah and you'll love it too because it's even cheaper than a pharmacy and they prepare and they ship it right to you in well, a yeah, discreet because you're cutting out the middleman 
Yeah, you're cutting out the middleman. You're getting your dick on hard at warehouse prices. And you don't need a middleman to do it. It's like the Costco (laughs) of boners. Hmm. Yeah. Wait, do I have to get a membership card for that? No, you don't have to get a membership card. So then it's better than Costco. In fact, the only uh, thing they send you is a discreet package, so you don't have to worry about a fucking crackhead stealing your dick pills. <laughs> a discreet package for my well, discreet package? A discreet package for your very non-discreet package, because your fucking cock's going to be shooting out a good six and a half hot, juicy inches by the if time you If anybody's ever seen this. Crank Part 1, you'll oh, understand yeah. what it'll be like. Crank Part 1, by the way, that's going to be our next bonus episode coming out. Speaking so you of go bonuses. to patreon.com slash bloodybits and find out. But no, you know how awkward it was when he was trying to uh, fuck the, the chick in Chinatown? He couldn't get it up? Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, there's no awkwardness with this. You don't even need to leave your house to get your dick hard and uh, fuck some broad in front of Chinese people. You just get on a Zoom meeting that you hacked into. And not only that, but it was Amy Smart and the guy was Jason Stratham. And if Jason Stratham has problems performing sometimes, who can Look, look, we could all benefit from having some more confidence where it counts. And you know what the best part about Blue Chew is? <laughs> it's, it's that you can take them any time, day or night. I think that's an advantage, isn't it? Who it wants is, to plan yeah. their heart on eight hours ahead of time? You know how all the other dick pills you can't take anytime you have to wait until the 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 moon is up? You could take these with your uh, afternoon tea. Ah. Mm. Morning yeah. coffee. It went from six to yep. midnight. Yeah, and you know what's even better? <laughs> Tim, Tim, you're gonna like this. You could even take these they're chewables also. <laughs> I forgot to say that. It's like a candy that gets your cock hard. But Tim, you're gonna love so this. It's like hard you candy. Even... Yeah, it's a double hard candy. Uh, Tim, you're gonna love this part. You could even take it on a full stomach. Wow. So, so you know how it's really comfortable to go out and like go hit up a buffet and just get as full as you can well back in the old day now you can't do the buffet so now you're just sitting home eating fucking domino's pizza have one after another oh yeah you pound down like two domino's pizzas and the crazy bread and your stomach's super full you could still take one of these dick pills (laughs) you got your own crazy bread right there You can fuck with the full stomach because that's comfortable. <laughs> you can pound down the pizza and then pound down the pussy. Uh, yeah. and, um, that's those chewables... times where you're like, all right, honey, you get on top. Chewables <laughs> also can work faster. I'm not saying they do, but they could. <laughs> also, don't do anything illegal with your dick pill. It says, it says that here. Uh, but you know what? If you really want to go out and get one of these uh, dick pills... Hold on. Uh, you get your first shipment of them for free. Holy shit. You get free dick pills. Hey, who can? Who doesn't want a free hard-on? Tim, what's the last thing you got for free? <sighs> Jesus Christ. Probably looked at dirty. Yeah. Well, you're not going to get looked at dirty uh, right now with a hard dick. All you got to do is oh, go... Now blue. I'm going to be getting those nice looks. All you got to do is go to bluechew.com. That's B-L-U-E, not like, like the blue color. cheese. Yeah, blue like the color, B-L-U-E-Chew.com, and then enter the promo code BITS, 
That's B-I-T-S. And you get your first shipment of dick pills for free. You I just know. got Aren't they on us? Yeah, they're on me, dude. There you go. <laughs> so the there next you time you fuck your man or your woman or whatever, Thank or you're goodness. non-binary, make them call... Uh, Make them call you Eddie. <laughs> for real. It's just $5 for shipping. And you get... A... Here's what you should do, honestly. If you can read, I... you can call them Yobo. That, you could, yeah. But here's what you should do, because I went to their website, and they have like 20, 30, and like 90 pill packs. So just sign up for the like 90 pill pack, and then you, huh. you still use the promo code. You still get, you get fucking 90 of them. That's 90 boners. And then it's still five bucks for shipping. I just wanted something yeah. that cost me fucking $22 for shipping. Yeah. This and is I didn't $5. I got a hard on. Yeah. <laughs> <For> <laughs> I got a paper cut when I opened it up. <laughs> oh, God. That's the opposite of a hard on. So, yeah, Bluetooth.com promo code BITS, B I T S. All right, guys. Whew. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? I'll say. I would say if you are listening every week, I would say if you're listening to the show, you probably don't want to skip the promos because they're a lot of fun. So now we're going to talk about Akira. (laughs) So so, uh, I I, I could keep talking about dick pills for a while, though. I mean, (laughs) you know what? Maybe it'll maybe it'll come up again later. Oh, it will come up again. Let's hope. Oh, yeah. If you just chew on one of those, it'll come up later on. So for the the context of the movie Akira, in, it came out in 1988. Mm-hmm. So mid to late 80s was when it was produced. Um, and, and in kind of the context of the time, that this, this was the first time since World War II that Japan had not only like industrialized, but their economy was booming, right? Oh, yeah. It was just as there was like a technological revolution that was hitting. And it was kind of a... a perfect timing for anime in general now mm-hmm. not only because everybody was awash with all of this kind of windfall of money but because a lot of the kids who grew up with anime from the uh, early 70s were now you know inspired by it and and had taken form in the industry to to try to create some well yeah i think but it, for people in America, I don't think we realize how big anime is in yeah. Asian oh, culture. Yeah. Because yeah. my and, wife and told to... me when she was gone, they had anime books that were like libraries where you could just check out a comic book, bring it back, and then get another one. I'm like, for comic books? But it's gigantic over there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's an yeah. art form all on its own that they love. Yeah. And, I mean, we're, we're looking at, like, just just five years before Akira came out, only 49 anime movies came out. The year Akira came out in 1988, it was like 400. It was ridiculous, wow. right? And those 49 were probably all like Disney and shit like that too, right? Mm-hmm. No, they, they were, I mean, they were proper Japanese animation. Mm-hmm. Right? And this film was actually, at the time, it was the highest budget for an anime film uh, at, at about 700 million yen and then yep. the following year, uh, believe it or not, was Kiki's Delivery Service at 800 Makes million perfect yen. sense. Yeah. Yep. And what was really cool also is not only... So you, you've got this kind of three forces that are hitting at once. Number one, you've got the art form kind of taking hold. A generation that was inspired by it was now in the industry hitting its stride. 
Number two, they're awash with all of this, this capital, all this money to go out and make this thing. And number three, we didn't have like rules about what an anime had to be yet. It was still kind of this uh, new blooming art form, right? Mm -hmm. So here is where Akira hits right in the middle of it. And it's such an interesting thing because then, like I said, this, this, I saw this years and years and years ago. It's, it's the very first, I would say, Japanese animation that came over to America and just fucking nailed it. Oh, yeah, because I was aware of Akira before I even knew that it was a Japanese animation. Yeah. It was oh, just yeah. like hearing the name and hearing people talk about it, and it just kept picking up more and more over the years. And the poster's so. iconic. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And it's just, like I said, it's just one of those things that even if you haven't seen it, you have seen bits and pieces of this movie being used over and over again in plenty of big-ass fucking movies and TV shows. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. oh yeah, and I mean it informed so much of like cyberpunk culture and and just culture in general going forward. Yeah, we have a theater here uh, in Sacramento downtown. It's called the Crest, and for about the last twenty five years, all they do is they they don't play first run movies. They play old movies in the theater all the time. It's it <sighs> was the uh, midnight movie theater for a long time, but every year they play Akira every year and it's one of those things where you see it on the marquee and you go oh i should go to that you know because yeah. you see the name and you know hey this is an experience well this would be something you definitely i think if you have a chance you'd want to see on a big screen because it's just just seeing it in a movie theater with surround sound and all that other shit must be incredible let me tell you oh, Tim, absolutely i envy you because i missed when they played the original dawn of the dead in that theater i oh. missed it by like a month and i i just ugh. You having seen that film in the theater, I mean, that, that's an experience. I think the closest I would have is seeing Pink Flamingos in the theater, like I did. Wow. Oh, okay, that's wow. a get. Oh, hey, let me tell you, when you're in a, a packed theater and you watch, you know, Divine give a blowjob with all these other people who are just as equally <laughs> uncomfortable as you are, that's, that's an experience as well. Plus, how old were you? Uh, let's see, carry the one. Eight? No. I was, uh, <laughs> I was, uh, I was 27, 28 years old. Not too oh, long okay. ago. Okay, so it wasn't too bad. Because yeah. you see, when I hear Pink Flamingos in the movie theaters, I'm thinking like back with my old man eyes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Trademark <laughs> Tim. That uh, you saw when it like originally came out. Because that's like what 70, or you're not that old, Charlie. So I'm not that old. No. Yeah, you wouldn't mm -hmm. have seen it in the original theater. But yeah, no. But mm -hmm. I just when you see it, yeah. I, I, this is one of those films that I wish I could see, but it, COVID, you know, sank that theater, unfortunately. Maybe next year. Maybe I'm knocking on wood. Well, maybe when the movie theaters come back, they'll have to put stuff in that they know is proven to get mm -hmm. people to want to come back. Exactly. I could definitely see that happening. The, the other thing I think would be interesting is virtual reality is getting better and better. And have you ever, like, gone into a VR uh, movie theater and watched a movie in VR? I have not. That actually sounds amazing. What the hell are those? You just get a VR headset, and then you can download, like, like I think Hulu even has one, where the experience is you're sitting in a movie theater, and because you've got the VR helmet on, it can make the screen whatever fucking size you want the screen to be. So it's like I'm going sound. into a movie theater, and then they give me a VR set. I'm sitting down in a movie seat. No, Tim, oh, you're, you're in home. your house. Oh, uh, okay. 
And there's it just a VR looks like I'm theater. in a movie theater. Yeah, you look down and you see a, a hand rest. So wait, can you program it to so like you got a couple in front of you making out? You got got the guy next to you drinking from his coat pocket, couple in the back smoking joints? I, I'm sure you could. That would be amazing. You'd be sitting there. Somebody and... better get on that fucking DLC quick. I think it'd be great to do that with group like experiences of watching movies so we could all go into it you know like we do so like if i turn around i look to my right i can see charlie i look over to my left i can see you yeah that would be i don't are we there yet with that i mean no we're not there yet but we're getting there we're getting there one day and you know what else you know what else we should get Mm. get to know your yobo I yeah, we should all get to know that. your Yobo. What? You keep dropping in at different times. I keep forgetting about it. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. This is the segment, ladies and gentlemen, where we get uh, we allow our guest to ask our co-host with the co-most, Tim Yobo, just a question about you know his life or his love or whatever his passions are, where he comes from, where he sees himself in the future. It could be literally anything. So, Charlie. You know, Tim, you are a man of mystery. I he try. is. I mean, I had a question for you. I wanted to know if you got your Xbox yet, but that's not my get to know Yobo <sighs> question. <laughs> I, uh... Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm counting that as your question, you son of a bitch. <laughs> You've answered it four times for me already today and countless times for others. Every hour on the hour, you keep sending me that goddamn message. I- I'm trying. I'm trying here. You're, you're getting me through my day. What can I say here? But, you know, Tim, what do I want to know about Tim? We've, we've learned a lot about you over the last couple episodes and in general. So maybe we don't have to do this bit anymore. No, no, we definitely have to. We definitely have to. Okay, let's see here. Tim, what is, what is the greatest thing that's ever happened to you in your current job as a doorman? Oh, probably getting like a $1,500 tip. What? Wow. Yeah. Dude, how big was his wow. cock? Whoa. You don't know. People who work <laughs> in buildings clean the fuck up. Oh, yeah. I have friends who work in, like, the maintenance department. They don't fucking pay for anything. They get fucking free TVs, furniture, shit like that. They're just called up to an apartment like, oh, I'm getting a new TV. Get rid of this one. They don't tell you what to do when they get rid of it. It's in the yeah. garbage. Now it's anybody's. Yeah. So, Tim, the person that gave you the $1,500 tip, if they needed to move a package out of their apartment. And it was dripping? And they didn't, yep, and they didn't <laughs> want any fucking questions asked. Done. You're cool? Of course. <laughs> Hell yeah, Part Tim. Part of being All a right. doorman or working in a big building like that is you have to be able to keep your mouth shut. I, went, I lost a great fucking doorman gig at a building because my friend set me up for an interview. And when I went into the interview, I did the interview part very well. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, the guy like relaxed and like, all right, this is, you know, the interview is over, like stuff like that. And then he started talking to me about my friend. And we're just talking. I'm thinking, oh, we're just having regular bullshit back and forth. And he says to me, he's like, oh, you know, it's Spiro told me what's going on with this brother. It's really crazy. At that time, my friend had something going on with his brother, and all I did was I just said, oh, yeah, I know it is. And as soon as I said that, I went, I just lost this fucking job. Ah, shit. I should, uh, all I had to do was, I don't know what you're talking about. And that would have been it. I would have been working at that building. God damn. That's how they get you. Everything happens for a reason. 
Yeah. No, that's true, Man. though, Tim. I worked in the service industry as a valet, and yeah, people will fucking tip you, and you will clean up like crazy. In Vegas, people valet professionally, and they'll do it part-time and still clear like 85000 Oh, yeah, because the damn. other thing you got to remember is some jobs, you control people's lives, mm-hmm. and you have people's oh, yeah. secrets in your hands. You know, that fucking guy who worked at Trump Tower who was getting all that money to shut up about the illegitimate baby that Donald Trump might have had, allegedly? Mm-hmm. That's a fucking doormat. Look how much money that guy made. Whew. Yep. All right. Well, they know good everything. show, Tim. But awesome. I still can't spend it on a fucking Xbox. Well, you <laughs> you spent it on the Xbox. You just don't have it yet. Yeah, well, they charged my credit card for it, but I still don't have it yet. Yeah. I won't name who it is, but they did so yeah. well on selling it on the internet. They put something on it so it made sure that no scalpers or bots could buy it. But come on. A little bit of snow was slowing it up four days. Oh, yeah. 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 First world problems. It's okay, Tim. Tomorrow. It'll be there oh. tomorrow. Well, when we say tomorrow, it'll have been two come weeks out ago. Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So we open on Neo Tokyo after World War Three, And you kind of hear some reports. Drug use is bad. The economy is bad. And, and we see it, too. Uh, people are beating the fuck out of each other. Some broads getting raped in the back of a bar. And we, we meet our gang, our buddies. No, it's not Death Force. It's the Capsules. <laughs> <laughs> and is the back of the jacket, is it red pill and blue pill? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a red and blue pill. So oh, okay. like Dr. Mario kind of. I guess, yeah, that, Neo should have taken that one. What would happen? Would he end up being Joey Pants? Yes, yeah. that's what I mean. That's from the Matrix. Yeah. Um, so what? What we basically what's going on here is we are in a post World War Three where some event took place that appeared to be like an atomic bomb going off in Tokyo that caused World War Three. Now things are in a horrible um, disarray. So we've kind of got like all these different gangs fighting with each other. We've got the capsules, we've got the clowns. And the capsules, well they they ride out with our uh, our heroes, of course. We have Tetsuo, who's mm-hmm. the the protagonist slash antagonist of the film. He is the leader. And uh, yeah, in Canada. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's the oh, other name Canada. that kept that's the other name that kept tripping me up too during this movie yeah yeah and and, and oh canada they they roll out to go and get into a big fight with the clowns which tim did you guys have to fight the clowns when you were with, with death Force? no i told you the game that we had to deal with well we didn't have to deal with it because the fight that we that i set up was canceled yeah uh, was the scorpions Scorpions. Okay, that was your rival gang. That's right. So they get into a big no clouds. <laughs> fun motorcycle fight. But but I think more importantly, what I want to point out here is the animation style that is used. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like any other... Like what you think of as modern anime, it does not look like that. This is all very hand-drawn yes. and, and very deliberate. There's not, there's none of the computers, because of course in the time you couldn't do it, but also it's very, very costly to get any kind of animation like this done now. 
Mm-hmm. And it's and every frame is absolutely beautiful. The level of detail. I had to go back and watch this movie a couple times. Uh, I watched it originally with the uh, <clears throat> the Japanese dub, just because I want you know I wanted the overall feel and I wanted the subtitles. And then I went back and watched it with the English dub because I had to look at everything going on in the background. Oh yeah, that was the thing. I, I was having a tough time writing the notes for this because of the subtitles. Because it was like you know if I'm watching an American movie. I can write a note down and I can still hear what's being said. But this one, I had to keep stopping it, writing down notes, going back and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I guess kind of also, like, because of that is why I'm going to kind of breeze over the storyline of it a little bit. Um, because the story is interesting and, and there's a lot going on to it. But I think you can kind of hit it with a lot of kind of larger, broader, sweeping notes. So we we get this bike chase and this big fight going on and Tetsuo, uh, he, he rolls up behind this one clown guy, uh, with this red cross on his mask and he fucking just brains this dude, just whacks him like wicked hard into the dome piece. And it's pretty fucking graphic and brutal. And you're like, okay, uh, yeah, we've had some chick almost get raped. You got drug use. This guy just got his fucking brains bashed in. Like this this is, No, and for the time, like, for, for, I mean, I'd seen, like, some of the Spike and Mike Twisted Film Festival stuff before, but, like, you you didn't see this kind of crazy, over-the-top, like, violence in, in adult themes in cartoons uh, back in the day. Well, hell no. Mm-mm. No, no. So they're, they're coming out swinging. Um, and as this is going on, we see some uh, gang, another gang, not the Capsules, and they're escorting a little green man. And the dude that's escorting gets the fucking shit just shot out of him. He's bleeding. And the green man screams, this little tiny green dude. And as he screams, these buildings start collapsing around him. I think, I think uh, we, should, we should state here, because uh, one thing that we passed over is mm-hmm. uh, it's post because it's post world war three japan where they yeah. rebuilt everything it's a time of massive civil unrest and it's 2019 which is funny because all they had to do is wait one extra year and we would have had yeah. you know, massive civil unrest like we've seen this last year maybe hong, hong kong had it all last year so you know it could have oh, been yeah. somewhere in the middle but uh, everything is just you know, there is, I mean, there's a, there's a police force and a military, but they're almost non-existent because they're all in constant yeah. battles every day. Yeah, no, that's that's true. That That's a good point. Like, when I say cyberpunk fantasy, like, this is dystopian. Mm-hmm. This is, like, if, if there is a, a surface on the ground, it's wet. If there is a surface uh, that's a wall, it's graffitied. If there's a streetlight, it's broken. Like nothing everything is in disarray looted pillaged and plundered it is fucking bedlam oh yeah and the amount of graffiti in this movie that says fuck you in english yeah it's incredible mm-hmm. with how many times it's popping up all over the place oh yeah, yeah. watching so uh, oh go ahead i'm sorry no go for it i was gonna say watching watching this reminds me of a lot of Japanese films, uh, like neo-noir films from the late 60s, early 70s, where everything is just very bitter for the neo-noir and like the crime films. Uh, There's a lot of Yakuza films where they talk about 
literally like the day after Japan surrendered in World War II, how everybody mm-hmm. is just in a refugee camp and, and the crime element is starting. Japan is just, it's thrashed everywhere. The U.S. is there, you know, they are the bad guys because they're the ones raping and pillaging. And you see all of this happening there and you see, you know, you can see all this crime element, just how it's, overrun and you know the people who are thought of as being the good people you know the normal everyday citizens are forced to just live with this around them yeah it's so this this story of akira there's so many allegories that are going on here not not Mm -hmm. just allegories for things that have happened in the past but for what is currently happening and fears for what is is to come in the future because of it like it's it's funny how big brained this shit like if you think like what in america have we come up with it's like let's take a look at our actual past our actual history look at how fucked we were how mm-hmm. fucked it became how fucked we are and how fucked we're going to be oh and let's put it in a cartoon <laughs> yeah you yeah, don't get we, too much i guess maybe the closest you get to that is watchmen but that's so, not even yeah, an American guy. That's spoiler, Alan Moore, who's from England. Yeah, spoiler alert to what my recommendation is going to be at the end of this. <laughs> oh! <laughs> uh, so, so anyhow, um, we we get the big fight with them. The green kid is drug out. His buddy gets killed. And the buddy, you find out, is a rival kind of gang. Another gang that was trying to rescue him. And Tetsuo, he he brains the clown sees the little green dude and he tries to like dump his bike to avoid hitting him because he's like oh there's like a kid but his face is green or, or whatever i don't want to fucking run this guy over he's innocent you know well, is it does he do that or is it like kind of like there's almost like a force field that stops him from hitting him i think it was a well, force field that stopped him but he there saw is a, him. yeah there is a force field but when he sees him there's a hesitance like i'm going to try to turn away from this shit if I oh can. yeah but yeah, he's, he's not able to but he's he's right gets stopped because of the force field but he had the intention yep. of not hitting him and it's funny how yes. we're all we all have almost a different idea of it because when i first saw it and even the second time i saw it i thought it was more of a oh shit i don't want to get hurt i'm gonna dump it and whatever happens uh, happens yeah kind yeah. of thing because he just so, finished yeah. kicking a bunch of people's asses Yep, so he just slams into this green kid, and like you said, a force field kind of stops the explosion around the, the green skin kid, and you just see a massive explosion. And all of a sudden, the little green skin dude, he's fine. He just kind of walks away. <laughs> As uh, uh, then Canada and, and the gang kind of, they walk up to see what's going on, and, and they see you know, their buddy... Uh, Tetsuo is is laid out, not looking too great. Green skin kid, because it, it looks like a child with with all wrinkly and old though, with the face, just kind of. Yeah, I have him written down as ugly kid Joe. Yeah. <laughs> we just hate everything about you. <laughs> and then his buddy shows up, which is another green skin kid in a little hover pod like Dr. Robotnik. Uh, no, I have floating baby Louis Anderson. <laughs> yes. Oh, God, yes. yes. <laughs> and he's and he's got uh, that double breasted suit on. When I first saw this, I thought he was in charge. I was like, hey, wait a minute, what's this? Yeah, or he for, looked like he might be like Master Blaster. Or for your old school Howard Stern fans, Eric the Midget. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> can, can we, can if I was casting it live action. Can we say that word? Is it okay? Er, Eric the actor. Oh, there we go. 
Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace, little buddy. Um, he was a good dude. He was from uh, uh, Sacramento, too. Was he really? Yeah. If there's a cemetery there isn't a street named after him in Sacramento. I don't I mean, know. But there's there's a lot of dead end streets. Maybe just here. a little road. Maybe a little yeah. one. There, there's in in the cemetery that that he was buried in. There's a little uh, bench what, what, that, that that's dedicated to him. Do you know what cemetery? Because no idea. Oh, I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah. You can go. Uh, you can go. Street leave view. him a coke. Mm. So, yeah. Then the the two green skin kids kind of leave, and just then the military comes in and they. Scoop up Tetsuo, and, the, and when I say the military, I mean the military. Yeah, full Big force ass. helicopters, oh, yeah. everything. Yep, paramilitary helicopters swoop in, and and our uh, big jarhead Rex Manly dude storms out of there, and uh, that's Taro was the name that I had for him, and this dude seems like he's in fucking charge. Oh, oh the yeah. lieutenant. You know? Yeah, yeah. He's okay. running the show. Yep. So they bring the gang over to interrogate them, kind of talk to them all one by one. And this is where we get the uh, kind of the impression about the cultists that are going on. Because while they're interrogating the gang, some dude (laughs) with a grenade pops out (laughs) while they're waiting on the bench. And he's like, I'm going to blow this fucking place sky high. But then it's a dud. It's like, ah, shit. I've been there, you know? (laughs) <laughs> like you think you got the world kind of by the balls, but nah, they just kind of fuck up. It's not happening for you. Nope, nope. It's and fucked this... up because his friends gave him that grenade just as a test to see if he, see if he would have the balls to do it, and he just picked the wrong yeah. place to try it out. And actually, yeah. what, I, what I love about this scene, just to just to go into the level of detail in this scene, after you know the grenade is found to be a dud, and they and you see him get the shit punched out of him, you know, and he's on the ground, and yep. they're they're dragging him away. They pull back the camera, and you see all these little, uh, like, temporary offices and cells made up out of, you know, like like what you would expect to see at a, like, uh, an emergency encampment. Yeah, and you yeah, see a, like somebody took over a rec center or some shit. And you see a bunch of people getting the shit knocked out of them behind these little paper walls. And, yeah. you know, it, yeah, there's people getting punched and interrogated and talked to and cry. It's, and that's it's when funny. Michael Corleone decided not to invest in Cuba. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it's just it's so, awesome and funny the level of detail. Yeah, no, I noticed that too. When it pulls back and scans, you see I think it's that guy who they're beating the shit out of, isn't it? I think there's kind of a couple people getting the shit kicked out of in that room. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's some heavy uh intimidation and advanced interrogation tactics going on. So as this goes down though, the the capsule gang, they they uh take this opportunity to to uh, beat a discreet retreat and they get the fuck out of here which i mean come on mm. you couldn't have planned it better and this is when tetsuo gets scanned and they discover tetsuo has powers so they contact somebody who's in a meeting about how there might be this mole in the council it's uh i'm gonna try to say the name okay okay shikashima that sounds good to me. Close enough. All right. If we have so, any Japanese listeners, tell them how close he nailed it or how far he was off. I will. Uh, I'll, remember, ask, I'll ask my girlfriend. She's not Japanese, but she lived in Japan for 10 years. 
good and tell her to go to bluechew.com forward slash bloody or forward slash bluechew.com and use the promo code bits <laughs> to, to get a hard it's dick. a christmas gift that gives to everybody oh it's christmas came early <laughs> yeah. just think about it you can tell your wife that you bought an xbox series x for yourself and for the both mm-hmm. of you you got some blue chews hey, you're <laughs> gonna stuff her stocking <laughs> it's definitely a stuffer oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. so yeah they get the fuck out of here we find out tetsuo is magical and uh shikishima comes to the hospital where he gets told about Tetsuo's psychic powers that are like Akira's. And we don't know who Akira is at this point. The titular Akira, but Tetsuo's powers are the inverse of Akira's. So uh, he's a little bit country, Akira's a little bit rock and roll. Oh, damn. You know what I mean? Little chocolate to the peanut butter, maybe. All right, I'll, I'll take that. The yin and the yang, maybe. <laughs> you gotta have the light, you gotta have the dark. And we find out that Akira was another one of these little green skin people, quote unquote, not really though. Uh, they call them esters, right? Mm-hmm. And he caused the nuke to go off in Tokyo 31 years ago. It wasn't really a nuke, it was him reaching his potential power too quickly and not being able to handle it. Control it. So we kind of getting like a little bit of X-Men style thing going on. Yes. So we've got superpowers, mutant powers, and the allegory of the atomic bomb going off and being Which misused. in Japan in 1980, was it 1988 this came out you said? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's still got to stick. That's still got to be something that's like, you know, like even in today, if you see a movie that shows you the World Trade Center going down, you know, it's how long since 2001, but yeah, seeing that in Japan has got to be even fucking bigger. Actually, and actually, what's interesting, too, is at this point in Japan in the 1980s, this was a very common theme that you would see uh, in a lot of their films where it was centraled on, you know, World War Two, the nuke and how basically the country. In fact, they talk about it later in this movie. The country had gone through a, a massive rebuilding where it was like everything was just building, 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 building. And now oh, there's almost this. After, yeah. Well, now there's almost this bitterness towards it, you know, 30, 40 years down the road. There's a bitterness towards that kind of like, is this it? That's all there is. And it was it's kind of a reoccurring theme you see in the 1980s in Japanese cinema. Well, I would think if your whole thing for 20 or 30 years, which is basically a generation, is have to rebuild your country. Mm-hmm. Then once you've rebuilt it, then what? Exactly. What's what's next? Yeah. Is that it? Well, and and that's one of the, so so that's some of the themes that this this deals with. Um, absolutely, is is the nukes obviously going off in Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Um, then you've also kind of got the like you said we we have rebuilt, but now there's a real concern about what's happening to humanity and culture in general because they've become so flush with power and, and, and with technology, right? That, that it, you, you fear that you might lose who you are mm-hmm. as, as a culture. And I think that's, that's a, a larger kind of theme to Akira. And isn't it also true with Japan? I mean, that's why they basically locked themselves off from the Western world for as long as they possibly could. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And that's, I think, what the military in here still represents is the Western world uh, <laughs> that, that, that the, the public and the people are fighting against. And, and yet we've got this third kind of sect. So you've got the public who's a lot of these kids in these gangs who are just trying to figure it out. Right? They're trying to make do with the world that they're in. You've got the paramilitary people who are exploiting uh, just the fabric of nature with, with the whole Akira being the atomic bomb. And then you've got the cultists, which we'll get to a little later. Yes. <laughs> um, that are the kind of, I think, the third factor to worry about. Um, so anyhow... This secret government lab was run by a dissident terror group or terrorist group, and they ran what was called Project Akira. And the idea was that they would get these children who had this similar psychic energy patterning, and they were trying to harness their powers, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where the Akira issue happened, is that the power grew too quickly, and he went off like a nuke. So... We're talking now to these espers that we find out there are three of them. I don't have their names handy. Uh, they're the three green wrinkled children. Yeah, yeah. So you've got one of them that's like precognitive, one of them that is able to move things with his mind, and one of them that's able to control mm -hmm. people. Yes. Right? Uh, there's well, there's Kyoko. She's a little girl. Uh, Takashi, which I believe is the little he's boy. He's Louis Anderson. Yeah. Right? Oh no, wait. Yep. Takashi is the one who blew everything, blew all the windows out. Okay. T yeah. Takashi is the first one that almost got hit by the bike. And then that would be that. Uh, I think it's Masaru. Mas uh, Masaru. I think he's the Louis Anderson. Masaru, yeah. Yeah. Little boy in the floating wheelchair. Right. So they give a uh, a little precog thing saying, "Yo." This uh, Tetsuo guy, he's going to be one of these nukes. We should probably fucking kill him. And government people who are trying to harness this shit and, and utilize it, like, oh, you know, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Let's, let's see what happens. Let's, let's just see but what here's what's cool about it, because it could go either way. They Right now, they're telling him, look, he's going to be too powerful. you got to kill him right off the bat. And you got the government and the army and the industrial military complexes like, well... Let's keep him around. Let's see what we can get out of him and what we can maybe turn into a weapon and then turn around and sell it. But then right. on the other hand, if the movie could easily be where, all right, that's it. He's too powerful. And the government and everybody's just out to kill him because he's too powerful. So it's yes. a nice, nice little double edge that they're playing now. Yep. Yeah, it's a good way to take it. But uh, Tetsuo's got other plans because he just fucking wakes up and he's like, yeah, I'm going to get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this nice place security, sucks. motherfuckers. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Well, tanks, helicopters, but you don't have two security guards on this guy's door. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like they were mishandling the atomic bomb. Uh, so he busts out, <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm going to go home to Capsule's Lair, where I come from. I want to go see my homies. And, and we go back to the gang's house, and it's all burned out and shitty looking. Like, it had been bombed. The windows are gone. It's, it's all fucked. And this is where we meet... Tetsuo's lady. I'm gonna try to say Kaori, K A O R I. I think it's, I think, I think it's like Kaori, Kori. Kaori. Kaori. Yeah. I think so. Kaori. Very good. And Tetsuo proposes to Kaori, which that's fun. 
uh, and now it's taken the 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 renegade kind of plot line. This feels like a very Tim Yobo plot line. They propose, they fall in love, they steal Canada's bike and run off into the sunset. Ooh, credits know. roll. <laughs> credits roll, and then we get Renegade season two. With Fuck six Lorenzo killer. Lamas. It's Tetsuo. <laughs> yeah, but no, the the problem is that Canada's bike might be a little bit too technical for Tetsuo. It's a little too high geared, so it Yeah, because in the beginning it, of the movie we saw him being told that this is a specially built bike and that uh, it's only for Canada and that he can't handle it. Which let me yeah. ask you a question, Charlie. Why would you put those stickers on your bike? It's going to be one of my few tangents, but why well, would he's you got put... endorsements? It, yeah, and I mean, and it's and it's a sport bike style, especially from that time. I mean, how many you see modern sport bikes now on their fairings? They've got you know their sponsors or they've got their logo. Professional, you know? professional. Yeah. I understand that, but this is a guy driving around. He's a gang, gang leader of the gang with this tricked out bike. Yeah. Why would he be putting fucking? Uh, I see he's got the BMW thing because it's a B, obviously it's a BMW bike. But he's got all this other shit, Dunlap and all. Like, why would you be putting stickers all over your bike? You're advertising, See, You want people to know. That these yeah. are my tires, I have Dunlops, and here's a sticker to prove it? And, and hey, look at what I have to steal. Come and get it. See, this okay. is why I respect Ducati so much. You get a Ducati, it doesn't have a lot of shit all over Wait, it. What? It's very sleek, it's very clean. And uh, actually, and what's interesting to me is it also has a Canon camera logo on it. But uh, yeah, that was weird. But one thing I do like, and I like on here, and there's a there's an equivalent to it, uh, in you see in like 1950s and 60s post war American biker culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an American uh, World War II era uh, insignia on it, which for us post World War II, you saw a lot of biker gangs with swastikas because it was a way to kind of like yeah. freak out normal people. You know, yep. you yep. watch like the Pink Angels, you know, and they, they got the swastikas dangling from their necks, you know, kind of thing. Great movie, by the way. It's a fantastic movie. But here, you know, po- post-war Japan, what better way to freak out the older generation than to ride around with this on it? Ah, yeah. Sure. Nice okay. catch. Yeah. So, That's why I asked yeah, So, yeah, the, I guess the reason the bike stalls out is because you're not allowed to go under 5,000 RPMs even when you're shifting. <laughs> which seems like a problem. Uh, wasn't high. there a movie on the grind bin where somebody couldn't go over 5,000 RPM, otherwise they crashed the bike right at the very end of winning a race? That was a death race, was it? No. The, no. the one with David no. Essex, the rock-on guy, right? Hmm. Huh. You Guess got not. me. Okay. It, this just reminds me of when my buddy got a sports-tuned uh, uh, Mustang. And uh, he didn't know how to drive it properly, so we kept stalling out. Uh, so that was pretty funny. He figured it out eventually. Or you blow really, the really engine. Really nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, he stalls out. They're like, I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. At least uh, nothing bad else is going to happen to us. Like, I don't know, the clowns showing up. And then, oh, my God, the clowns show up. Well, the clowns, when they show up, they don't just say, hey, here we are. They punch Kiori in the face, and then they yeah. and then they hit Tetsuo in the back of the head with a pipe while they're it's at like, full speed on their bikes. They should take it's a very head rude. off with that punch on a motorcycle going 80 miles an hour, right? Exactly, yeah. Or you'd rip your own arm off. Yeah. Probably both. 
Yeah. You wouldn't walk away I'm... from it either way. No, no. You wouldn't drive away from it. Either. <laughs> yeah, you're not keeping the bike straight down the fucking line. Yeah. So they get into a big, good, fun uh, fight, and then Capsule, the rest of the gang, they show up, and then they keep having more of a fun fight. But Tetsuo has a little bit of a problem here. He starts getting a headache, which, I mean, after that fucking hit to the dome, <laughs> I mean, come on, that's to be expected. But he hears Akira in his head. And then we cut to, like, inside of his guts, and then they fall down. And he's scrambling yeah, he to like shove him back in. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't seem good. So right about now is a good time for the government people to come back and take Tetsuo back. Yep. They take him. They throw him into, a, into an unmarked truck, but it's clearly the government because they're all wearing suits and the military's with them. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they have some kind of machine. I guess that's like a radar thing that can detect. They can when track somebody with these abilities is going off. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, they've how kind of tagged all of these psychics or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they can they can track them down. They tracked his ass down. And then um, for Daniel, there's a guy with a really cool mustache here that uh, kidnaps Canada's girlfriend. Key, <laughs> uh, K, something like that. No, 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 Canada's no. girlfriend, not Tetsuo's. One of the one of the groupie girls, I think, is what they call them. The ones yeah, that were hanging out yeah. with them. So now we uh, get the background on the three psychic kids, the Espers, and uh, well, they bring Tetsuo back to the lab, and they kind of strap his ass down. They're like, "We're we're going to keep observing you," and then we get a fun uh, hallucination <laughs> sequence for poor Tetsuo. And the first time I watched it, it 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 was distinctly Japanese, with everything that happened with with all the oh, uh, imagery and uh, and the toys and everything, and it was just oh, it was fantastic. I had to watch it a couple different times just because it was so fascinating to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's Shitty. and it's beautifully animated. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, there's all these weird stitched together like bunnies and and teddy bears, and it's not. It's not fun. It's not a lot of fun what's going on here. I wouldn't want to have this uh, trip. Tim, you ever have a bad trip like this? Thank God, no, I haven't. That's you good. You just got to know your dealer. And be in the right frame of mind. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Don't eat the don't brown acid. Don't put yourself acid. in bad, bad places and take the brown acid, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not, that's not good stuff. Maybe it's good for Pink Floyd, not too good for a hardcore punk band. It's good for Laser Beatles. Laser Beatles, Laser Pink Floyd. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I'll take that. Not not a big Beatles fan. Thank you. It's okay. You can Floyd's my favorite. I ain't got nothing against the Beatles. Yeah, that uh, that yeah. Pink Floyd eight track. It's it's great. They split the songs up just perfectly. Oh nice. Uh, I'll never get to understand the enjoyment of an eight track tape that stops a fucking song right in the middle and then picks up. It's great. It <laughs> fades out and then you hear a really loud click. And then it fades back in again. So it doesn't disturb the music at all. Just a click. So, like, if you're trying to listen to that while you're going to sleep, and you're nice and calm and comfortable, and you just got finished with a great big gig in the sky, and then all of a sudden, click! You ever you ever drive a manual car, and you stick it into reverse, and the, and the reverse gear goes, dunk! 
That's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It says nope. Yep. It's very relaxing. Huh. Yeah, I don't have an 8-track. I've got a record player. I, I'm a big fan of, of that. I, I think something Oh, about wait. Hold the... on, Eddie. You just blew somebody's head off. You mean you have a turntable? No, I have a record player, not a turntable. Because uh, I said that to somebody once. I asked him if they had a record player, and he just looks at me like I just shit in his mouth, and he goes, I have a turntable, if that's what you mean. Ugh. Really? Yeah. Yep. <sighs> All right. Well, to that person, <laughs> I have a record player. Um. <laughs> and you have a lot of records that you play on it, too. A fair amount, a fair amount, yeah. I, don't, I think there's something to the ritual of... of uh, intentionally setting the music up to listen to and taking your time away from whatever else it is that you're doing that makes you appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the differences in quality, that, whatever, that, that's negligible. That's here or there. I think it's about the experience. You so know? you think it's, the it's, more steps that you have to do to get it, you enjoy it more? Instead of just I looking think, at your phone and hitting shuffle? I think there's something to be said about going out with you, with your wife, uh, to a meal at a restaurant, even if it's not the best food you've ever had. That's true. And then when you get home, you choose choose some blue chews. Yeah, and then you you fuck her brains out <laughs> on a full stomach. <laughs> on a full stomach. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing in that fucking app. Why would you promote that you get as full as you can and then have sex? It's the worst. Yeah. Anyhow, um, <laughs> they're not listening anyway. So now the resistance has decided to come in. Now the resistance is kind of this third faction we were talking about, mm-hmm. right? Yes, they are. Their 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 main job is to liberate these children and expose what's going on. Yeah, and we find out also that this resistance. Remember when we were talking about how there might have been a mole or a, a turncoat earlier in mm-hmm. this movie? Mm-hmm. Well, he has been slowly feeding the Resistance a little bit of information about Akira that they kind of have been using to to um, idolize Akira. Wait, is this guy Q? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! It's like if uh, Q, but if <laughs> if they actually had a martyr who was worth feeling bad for. Yeah, and it's like, because the thing that always gets me with uh, Q, and I guess this guy's doing the same thing, is, dude, if you know what shit's going on, stop giving us fucking clues. Tell us what the fuck is going on. There's no money yeah, in that. that. You gotta, you gotta string true. them along. Yeah, that's true. You, you don't give everybody, everybody everything all at once. You gotta trickle it out so you can keep selling them uh, ads and stuff. Yeah, plus when you can trick somebody into coming to the conclusion that you're kind of force-feeding them, they feel like they're smart because they've come to that conclusion themselves. And it's harder to talk them out of that if they thought of it themselves instead of somebody told me this. Mm-hmm. That's very true, yeah. That's like, um, God, one of the guys that I worked with, he, he read that um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. But, oh, 1950? Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, 1930s. And. Yeah, and he would talk about how like, oh, this is a really this is a really true and a really good thing and and all of the shit the, the, that he was talking about like of how to basically it's how to manipulate people was was the idea. Uh is like ask ask people for help with something that you already know the answer to 
Mm-hmm. And, and and then like they'll feel like oh you you think that I'm smart and you need me so clearly that means you like me and I'm a good person too. I uh, I know somebody personally. That's how uh, Eddie got me to co-host this show. There you yeah, go. That's true. <laughs> I know somebody personally who who swears by that book in not like a douchey way. Uh, he is a very successful business person and he swears by that book like up and down. Huh. But I also do know that that was one of the books that Charles Manson mastered when he was in prison, like in the in the early '60s. He mastered everything in that book, and that's what he actually used. And now, with the that family. isn't an endorsement. Exactly. I mean, it worked for Charlie. Hey, look, I just want people to show up on time and work hard for me. They don't have to go out and fucking kill a couple of families. So that book should be fucking golden. Exactly. It worked for Charles Manson. It'll work for you. Just want to get a bunch of bitches to go out and get me a fucking Xbox somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, you need how to how to win friends and influence Best Buy (laughs) to get you your fucking Xbox on time. Jesus Christ! Hey, did you get it yet? Uh, And you know, I would really be singing their praises if they got me that Xbox super super quick. You know what? It's the snow. It, It has to be the snow, Tim. It snowed on Thursday. Okay, it wasn't that bad. By this time, the streets are cleared enough. And you still don't have your Xbox. Not yet. I'm hoping. Hmm. Well, best of <laughs> luck to you on the Xbox, man. I know. I've... It's it's the worst problem in the world. Yeah, yeah. I know, I mean, we all have our problems, but you you needing to play on a new Xbox, that's, that's up there. So, yeah, the Resistance <laughs> came in dressed up as electricians, uh, and they, they're, uh, they're wanting to bust old Tetsuo out. And they, they run into all uh, uh, Canada after they've busted Tetsuo out. And Canada's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get uh, Tetsuo away from you guys instead. But Tetsuo, he's kind of got his own agenda now. Oh, yeah. He, he has become kind of a force of nature now. Yeah, he, he doesn't need saving like, anymore. Yeah. So... What we'll find out is while he was in the hospital, they were giving him these drugs that were repressing his powers, right? And now that he's away, and the longer he's away from being in this hospital, his powers are going to um, continue growing. Drugs are wearing off. Yep, and he's getting Mm -hmm. drunk on that power. Yeah, because he's starting to feel that power. And as he feels this power, he's like, look, I'm going to... I found out where Akira is. He is under the Olympic Stadium. And yeah, because the other big part in this movie, I think the Olympics are just coming up in Tokyo, like the next year, right? Yeah. In 2020, which they were actually going to be in Japan this yeah. year. That's yep. Bad. Holy shit. And it's, it's, uh, it's funny, too, because the, the, the last time, and I think what they're pulling this reference from is 1964 Olympics, right? Uh, which is after they had just rebuilt from the the decimations of World War War Two and, and industrialized and and kind of their culture was on the upswing, but still you know st- still having some issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they had held the Olympics in Tokyo, and we when we see the Olympic Stadium, we see that it is it's in ruins, and um, under that Olympic Stadium is where Akira is. So that's where Tetsuo want, wants to go. He wants to go see Akira because he figures 
this is how I can get rid of these headaches that I'm having, this, this crazy pain that, that's, uh, that, that's in my head. So he flies away and I'm like, damn, I know he could fly. That's a, that's a hell of a power to have. That's helpful. They're just adding his powers as they go. Mm -hmm. Pretty soon his power level is going to be over 9,000. And then what are we going to do? <laughs> so now martial law has been declared by the military group, by our cool jarhead uh, uh, Beef Mannington. <laughs> uh, and Tetsuo's still on his fucking warpath trying to get to the stadium. He's destroying everything in his path. And he returns back to the bar from the beginning of the movie. And, and this, this, sorry, go ahead. And I was saying, it's not good. It's not good what is going to happen. No, <laughs> no. Um, well, at least it doesn't have as many people in it as it did in the first part of the movie. Yeah, nobody's mm. getting raped in the back. That's it's true. Off yeah. night. Slow. It must be a Tuesday. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. So he shows up at the bar and he's just like, look, I need capsules. Right. Where, where's capsules? I need the fucking capsules. Bartender's like, uh, what the what the fuck are you talking about, man? You, you, you need to get the fuck out of here. Like, we... Well, no, I, he I don't know if it's dubbed that way in the in the English one, but in the Japanese one, he's going to give him capsules because he knows he knows oh, right, him, right. but he wants them for free. And he's like, no, they're right. not, they're not, nothing's free. Like you, you have to pay me for these. And so he kills him because he, he's not kind of, he, yeah. he's like, I have to pay. No, I'm going to kill you. So he yeah, kills him. I think him this is kind of like the bar from Clockwork Orange. Mm -hmm. You go there, you hang out and you get your drugs there at the same time. Yep. Yeah. They're regulars. I mean, that's their bar. That is their bar. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. That must have been a mistranslation. So yeah, because because then he does fucking just kill the bartender, and that's not good. Uh, poor guy. Rest so imagine having all that power and already going all reckless and shit, and now you're gonna be fucking tripping doing drugs. Well, I think he's wanting the drugs to sedate himself a little bit. I think right? he, yeah. he's got the headache. He's has no idea what to do to to try to like bring shit down. Yeah, I thought he was getting them because he was he was in so much pain that that's what he wanted. He wanted to get those pills, and then he was going to write himself, and everything was going to be fine. That makes yeah. sense. But it doesn't work out for him. And so th this is kind of also along this sequence of him making his way to the stadium is when we see that, that people start mistaking Tetsuo for Akira. They just start calling him Akira. Mm -hmm. right. um, one thing I think we forgot to mention while we were talking about it okay. was the uh, colonel. So there's there's two stories interwoven. Well, there's multiple stories, but the colonel's story is while he's trying to basically hold these children and harness them and keep them from, you know, blowing up the entire city with their powers. He's also has an internal struggle with the government because they're they're having huge uh, economic issues uh, from the previous prime minister. So there's this definite power struggle within the government. Yeah, and they're running out of money. They're running out of money. They can't afford anything. The city is out of control. And before Tetsuo leaves, he's getting, or when he leaves, he's getting ready to go after him. And he's basically told, you're under arrest. The government is arresting him. So in a military right. coup, he has the, the people killed. He 
sends for their arrest because the military is going to listen to him versus the politicians because he's not a politician. You know, he is he's the high ranking colonel. So oh boy. there's a big this military coup. He's essentially in charge. He is it. And yeah. he's he's basically said, Okay, hey, you know what? They're all gone. Everybody's listening to me. We're gonna get Tetsuo. Yeah, which is extremely scary, right? I mean, <laughs> because uh that this is how fascism begins, right? <laughs> right. Uh, oh, yeah. Thankfully this guy's like his intentions might be good. But yeah, and like you said, so so the other thing with these these kids, the psychic quote unquote kids, they've they've also similarly been dosing them to repress their their psychic powers, right? Similar to, to Tetsuo, um, because they're afraid these guys are also going to go thermonuclear and and detonate mm-hmm. and, and cause these problems. Well, yeah, they're playing with fucking nu- nuclear bombs. They don't know. How do they know that these kids don't build up an immunity to it, or that well, the kid who's psychic and can tell uh, the other one this? They're going to give us pills tomorrow at twelve o'clock. The kid who's floating Louis Anderson uses mind control yeah. powers to say, "All right, pretend you gave us the pills, and for you know we already ate the medicine." So they're really playing with fire. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's the only way that they can control it to keep it from blowing up even further. Instead of just yeah. as fucked up as it is, it's just killing these fucking kids. Yeah. One of the images I do like uh, with. Uh, Kyoko when she's because she is in uh, her uh, bed which is a glass case very much like uh, uh, Snow White because did you notice did you notice all that uh, she's in this bed with a glass case like Snow White when she's yeah. asleep yeah. and she's in her nursery or her room and there's it's like painted like a fairy tale around her uh, there's a castle inside and you know it's anything to keep them in that hey you guys are kids you are still children don't do anything crazy you know yeah, but we see the wear of the time on their faces, right? And and that's kind of also alluded to that that's a side effect of the medication that they're on. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it, it's yeah, it's precisely that. It's to show just exactly how corrupt they are. Like they they should have probably killed these kids or not been experimenting on them to begin with. But you know we uh, instead of what we like to do is have a nuclear stockpile because then we can assure that we're uh, going to have a mutually assured destruction <laughs> rather than ever having somebody get the best of us. Uh, we'll Never get the best of ourselves. Happen. Wish we had one of those. <laughs> what, what did he say in uh, Dr. Strangelove? I wish we had one of those death rays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, another great one to recommend alongside this uh, for more darkly comedic elements, I guess. Um, yeah, I think you can call that a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know what? So, George C. Scott is chewing something for the majority of that movie. That's true. <laughs> what? That is very true. <laughs> Could have been yeah, a blue he's chew. got that young girlfriend, so... I think he's chewing the scenery. <laughs> that, that as well. <laughs> so now, we make our way to the stadium. And this is... One of the espers decides that they're going to possess uh, K to try to fight Tetsuo because mm-hmm. it's a very desperate effort like I get what you're going for but K is not going to be able to I think it was so much I, I think it was when they take her over they're also trying to find out specifically where he is 
Yeah, it's also yeah. That that that's true. It's also kind of and like she's a, somebody I'm, I'm that he knows you. and likes, so he might mm-hmm. pay a little bit more attention or be a little bit less guarded around her. Exactly. Right. Right. So sleeper agent. That, that makes sense. And uh, it, it, to that degree, it does work because then they know exactly uh, where Tetsuo is so that they can Star Wars laser him. Oh, yeah. With that big Which, fucking laser gun that they have with the, the military has been using so indiscriminately. Yeah. Good old Ronald Reagan with his Star Wars missile defense system. Uh, <laughs> finally worked, right? Uh, only it doesn't because for some reason they just shoot his arm off. Yeah, all that energy just takes one arm. Yep, yep. And he uh, he gets kind of pissed off about that arm of his getting blown off. Like, I mean, like you do, right? Well, I mean, he shouldn't because he could still have one of those uh, microwavable pizzas. That's, That's very true. He could Stouffer's. have a Stouffer's. Yep. You only need one hand to eat it. <laughs> Too bad you can't do what you want with the other one. It's true. That might be the problem. So he's got to get an arm back. And and what's the most direct approach? Well, why don't we jump up into orbit and uh, find the satellite, what done shot your arm off, and kill the satellite? Tell me that that was not beautiful, like watching that whole fucking scene. Oh, no, this movie is just beautiful to look at. Even if you just turn the sound off. And just watch it. It's fucking jaw-dropping, yeah. some of the stuff that they're pulling off. Of it. Like, when they ride the fucking motorcycles in the beginning and you got the fucking trails and lights going down the streets, it's really beautiful. Very Tron, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and when you factor in that all, all that was hand-done, holy shit. Yeah, that's what's shit. more incredible about it, yeah. So impressive. It's, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's all this hand-drawn animation that we, that you'll never, it'll never happen again. Oh, never, like, never, nobody. No. Not, on, not on a scale like this. You might see something no. that's maybe like a five or ten minutes short, maybe 20 yeah. minutes at best. Mm-hmm. But you're never no, seeing it's... a two-hour fucking movie that has that kind of animation and then that kind of multi-level fucking story going with it, too. I was watching a yeah. video on YouTube about the the level of animation, and they were they were talking about how because it's all hand done uh even for being hand done there's such little minor mistakes that they go usually there's way more mistakes when you do hand-drawn stuff but they said that every now and then you'll see an error and they're like and it's so amazing that it's even that low of an error you know because it's just usually it's way worse you know what's just what's funny about it is you would think that usually something like this they would go one way or the other Mm-hmm. Like, all right, we don't have the greatest animation style. Uh, we can't put too much time in animation, but we got a great story. Or we can do this kind of animation where we're going to fucking hand draw every single goddamn thing. It's going to be down to the smallest detail where you see people's reflections in a restaurant window before a motorcycle comes crashing through it. So we don't have to rely on story because it's going to be jaw-dropping just to look at it. So for them to have both of them together, hats off. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I can't imagine what this must look like on 4K. Like, imagine this on IMAX. Yeah, like on 70 millimeter. The nearest I came to seeing something like this is in uh, 2001 Metropolis, the anime. I I was able to see that in the theaters, but but that was only like a 14 million dollar budget. Still wonderful, like it was still beautiful, but nothing compared to to Akira's animation like oh man i'd love to see that in a theater you're absolutely right we saw princess was it princess moanoke moanoke Mo- 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 yes we saw that in the theater two 
years ago. Uh, 35 millimeter print, absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And it just, it, oh man, it, it doesn't compare to this, but holy shit, that was just, that was fascinating. And it wasn't, it, you know, like you guys were saying, it's not like going and seeing an animated Disney film. It, oh, it's just, it's absolutely beautiful. There's no words for it. Yeah, that's the one of the, the troubles I had with uh, doing a podcast about this is it's like so much of this is visual styling that that it's it's very hard to to put to words. Definitely go see this. I mean, you, you have to see it. So it's like I said, it's on Hulu. You can see it on Tubi or, or whatever. But if you can find a 4K to to purchase of it, and you have a 4K TV, Do like it. I'm definitely going to be doing that myself. Yeah, there's no excuse. Like, do it. This is. Is there a 4K DVD of this? I believe there is a 4K version of it. I mean, if there's ever a movie that you want to see on 4K, this would be it. Yeah, this and Mad Max Fury Road. So. Oh yeah, I have that on 4K. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he jumps into space. He kills the fucking satellite, and drops to the ground, back to Earth. And his, he just like, well, I'm going to go ahead and form a new arm uh, out of the bits of the rubble of the stadium, as well as the uh, bits of the satellite that fell to Earth. Uh, Eddie, so he, sorry, yeah. uh, there is a 4K. Um, I'm looking at it right now, $37.99. It drops tomorrow. <laughs> Literally, the 4K drops tomorrow. Oh, shit. Talk about prescient. Okay. That's right. Pre-order guarantee. <laughs> Holy shit. God damn. Wow. Too bad this is going to be coming out in uh, January. But uh, it's already out, guys. Go out and purchase Go it. Go buy it right now. Like If it hasn't yeah. been sold out. because oh, I'm hey. pre-ordering it right now. Hold on. We're all going to go pre-order it real quick. Hold on. I'm going to go see if there's a 4K of heavy metal. I'm going to get that one, too. They can't be 4K heavy metal. There's you don't already have it. I, I have it on... Actually, I have it on Blu-ray, but I don't have it on 4K if there is one. Oh, I guess there isn't, and there's a huge push for it to nope. be on Blu-ray. Blu-ray is as close as you're going to get. But I'm not going to... Yeah, $10 for the Blu-ray for Heavy Metal, but I'm not going to go that's spend... that's a fucking steal. Yeah, and $50 and for the soundtrack. And it says arrive before Christmas. Bullshit. <laughs> From Best Buy? Yeah, best of luck to that. Yeah, especially since this is January. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you'll Good get it by Christmas. That. Yep, pre-orders in. I'll be getting it in two days. Okay, so back to the movie. <laughs> back to doing a podcast, everybody. God, that's how good this fucking movie is. So, yeah, like I said, he he comes down to earth and he forms his his hand. And this, I think, to me, the symbolism is not lost, which is now it's the perversion of the technology to the man. This is the body hoarder you're talking about. Yes, he is. Where, he's just taken over. Yep, we're in oh shit mode. And so, like, I, I missed it talking about it a moment ago, but he made it to the stadium. He opened up the tomb of Akira, and all that was in there were jars of body parts in cryo sleep. So there was no Akira. Yep. Just parts. And he's shocked. He's looking at it like, what, what am I supposed to do with this? What is this? Yeah, yeah. He's like, what the fuck? I, I was supposed to come and meet this dude, and he was going to tell me all about my headaches. Oh, yeah, because throughout the whole of... movie, Akira's been, like, beckoning him. Yep, yep. So he comes to Earth, back to Earth from space. He becomes the new uh, uh, deus ex machina 
uh, man, machine, god, all in one, ascends the stairs up to uh, the throne. Uh, <laughs> not, they're not very discreet with that. There's a stone throne that's got all of Akira's jarred body parts next to it. And just this scene of Tetsuo uh, sitting down on the throne as his uh, mechanical arm grabs the, the armrest of it and you just see the, the vein slash uh, wires start melding into the concrete of this, of, of the throne and then expanding you know, into the, the stadium. Just absorbing Fucking into everything. It's, it's taking over yep. everything. He has his fingers into everything, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So now Jarhead's showing up because he's pissed off. You know, he's, he's trying to stop Tetsuo but because that's what you're going to do. Uh, he's, but we're having a little uh, conversation with Canada saying, hey, you know, we got to... We gotta uh, knock it off, buddy. You, you sure you're okay, man? We're we're here to, to, to keep an eye on you. You don't look good. Don't look good at all. <laughs> and he's like, "No, I'm fine." But then, and it's great because he's got the red cape on him, and you see the bulging under the red cape where his arm is, and you're like, "I don't know. I don't think he's as good as he says he is." <laughs> I'm starting to get a little suspicious here. Yeah, he, he might not be telling the truth. Kind of winces, and he's kind of pained. And uh, then old uh, Jarhead guy shoots him. And I'm like, ah, shit. Now, now we got a problem. They were so close to talking him down. So, so close. close. So close to just rationalizing with poor Tetsuo. But no. No, he gets shot. And I'm like, ah, this isn't going to go well. Well, turns out it doesn't go well. Because what happens to Tetsuo? He begins to just grow in a rage. And he just becomes this bulbous creature. Did you see when he was expanding? Did you see his testicles drop? He had these big bulging balls when he's enveloping <laughs> well, I everybody. That, I saw that and I went, those are his balls. And I had to go back yeah. and I went, yep, those are, those are balls. And that's why you want in 4K. Yep, yep. If there was a way that you could have intravenously fed this man Blue Chew, this is exactly what would happen. <laughs> because he swells and yep. throbs, and you see the, the mix of the organic and the technology. Envelop everything. Oh, yeah, just swell. And it's oozing and sticky and stretchy. And it just reaches out and it's touching things. And you see these representations of limbs and appendages. Yeah, toes that, that have hands on the end of them. Yeah, yeah. It's truly like a cross between body horror and cosmic horror at this point. Oh, yeah. And all we can do is sit back and say, fuck. Oh, this and, isn't good. And when you see the colonel and he's wrapped up in it, and it, in the and the like the the what is it? it's like the wall of flesh and muscle and fat and tissue is like pressing up on his face, and he's just there's nothing you can do. You just gotta yeah, like, suffocate, huh? This it's is it. Just crushing him and maybe absorbing him. We don't know. 
I uh, think it looks like crushing because later on we see uh, the girl gets crushed, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She gets in there. She's crushed into it, and uh, she pops. Yeah, not not good. Not not what you how you want to go out, Tim. No, if you could choose a way to die, <laughs> that's not that's not high on my fucking list. <laughs> and it's, just no, then, no, I actually that's how I want to die. Oh yeah. It's, it's never going to happen, so I'll live a nice long life. Well, look, man, if I ever, like, I used to ride a motorcycle. So if I get another, if my wife will allow me to have another motorcycle, and I actually I know, she almost... will not, because then you're going to need a mustache to go along with that motorcycle. Uh, that's, that's true. So you know what I've been doing with this mustache gambit that I'm running? Is every time <laughs> she does some fucked up, unforgivable shit, or she's just like, I'm like, look, you're wearing pajamas and you're eating nacho cheese with celery and hovering over the nacho cheese. I'm putting this on the pile. This goes on the pile of reasons why I get to have a fucking mustache. Right? How many so reasons one day, do you need before the scales tip? I'm not... Well, I'm not going to say that. Oh. It, so she might it's be like, like one mistake away. Yep. It's like pornography, Tim. I'll, I'll know it when I see it. I don't. I don't know because she could be pushing that. You know, oh, he's not gonna do. It. He's not. Gonna... What you should do is go longer in between your shaving. Like if you shave yeah, every day, so... maybe do like every other day. That's right. I had this... like, what are you talking about? I had this exact exact conversation with her. I said, I'm gonna just start gaslighting you. I'm just going to start not shaving just the mustache area every other day, and then it'll be every third or every every third day then every other day then it'll just slowly keep growing and growing and growing and eventually you'll just wake up and i'll have a mustache that you've never noticed and you can have pictures and like look see i've had this for like the last six months where have you been what are you talking about god damn you you tell me i don't pay attention to what's going on yeah look at you didn't even notice that uh, so Flesh Blob, <laughs> he's not—he's—he's he's having a wonderful day, and the Espers show up, the three green kids, and they—they they start praying to the bits of Akira, and I'm like, that's a little weird, but okay. But maybe they're praying to it. Maybe they're trying to focus their psychic energy. I, I'm going to give it to they're together. trying to focus all their abilities together to get Akira okay. to wake up. Yeah, and they do because uh, Akira's vials, jars, whatever, fall over and shatter, and then, oh, Dad's home. It's gonna get worse. Akira forms, and you're like, "Oh, good, he's just gonna fix everything, and he's gonna make everything right, right, guys?" No, that's the way it should be, right? <laughs> no, come no. on, Tim. This is Japanese anime. That's not it's what. It's the happens. name of the movie. We've been waiting yeah. for this dude to show up the whole movie, right? Yeah, yeah. and it's not going to be good. I'm sitting here watching going, oh. Southern, um, Scatman Crothered. You know, no, it's it's wait until your father gets home. That wasn't a good saying, man. Like, the belt, yeah. the belt was coming out. Here's the paddle. Uh-oh. Yeah. And Akira forms, and we see Akira, and he's like a little kind of boyish, transparent dude. That forms, and we just see a light, and that light just kind of becomes a little dome over him, and that little light dome over him just starts expanding, and I'm like, oof. Okay, knowing what this shit is an allegory for, most of this movie, 
this is not good. <laughs> They're going to uh, have a lot more rebuilding to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? Maybe get in that light and die. Maybe that's the best <laughs> option <laughs> at this point. Well, it kind of restarts the whole thing with having to rebuild again, right? And giving the generation, the younger generation, something to do instead of riding around on a motorcycle. Yeah, true, true. I'd be sitting there trying to get my uh, my refund for my hotel room for the Olympics the next year. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> yep. I don't think these Olympics are going to go down. Uh, you're calling it a travelocity. Uh, so, no, we see his light starts expanding, and as it does, um, Tetsuo's flesh globiness starts shrinking back and retracting. And they're like, oh, boy, this isn't good. And the espers are like, yeah, we probably should get Canada out because he didn't do anything wrong, really. Wrong Canada's wrong in the flesh globe. Mm -hmm. We got we to save him. Yeah. Don't they say he's innocent? He's, yeah, he's innocent. he is an innocent. Yeah. And the first one's like, I'm going to try to go in there and save him. And the other two are like, yeah, if you go in there, you're not coming out, though. So you're probably fucked. Yeah, we'll go with but you. But he's not exactly innocent, is he? He's fucking leader of a gang who's going around bashing other people's fucking heads, sending them off a fucking but, motorcycle at 100 miles an hour. But did he kill a couple hundred thousand people by invoking the <laughs> wrath? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's your, what, you know what they In, say is you kill like one or two people. It's a big story. I mean, you kill a million. It's just a story. I mean, Tim, Hitler's a bad guy. But was his yeah. dog a bad dog? Ooh, good question. Hmm. That's Hounds of right Hitler. There. How bad were they? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Hitler had a professional chef too. Did you know that? Hitler had a professional chef. Yeah, yeah. That was just like hanging out with him. Well, didn't he need a special diet because he used to fucking fart all the time? Yeah, he was. Uh, he, he was, was a vegetarian. Gassy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So imagine if you're Hitler's chef, right? You're Hitler's personal chef. Like you probably didn't kill anybody. But you did feed him. You could have killed somebody. You, you could have killed him, yeah. But uh, now these these three aspers they decide they're <laughs> they're gonna make a, uh, a righteous self sacrifice. Which it's like, yeah, they probably should have done that to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> a long time right. ago. Cool. So we uh, they all use their Captain Planet powers to to jump in there to go rescue old Canada. And Akira, this ending sequence, man, there's a lot going on here. Oh, there is. So we see the flashback to the beginning of it, which is Akira was, of course, one of these espers. He was one of these children that they were experimenting on that went thermonuclear, yada, yada, yada. Um, but the, the idea was the scientists then, they're like, well, let's, you know, I mean, he clearly started World War III. He's very powerful. Let's just go ahead and dissect him, try to figure out how he ticks. <laughs> uh, well, okay, well, it's, uh, we got the parts left over. Fuck it, let's just freeze them. We might need them later. And it kind of reminded me of the whole, like, smallpox might mm -hmm. still be... Oh, good point, yeah. In, in lock and key, frozen somewhere. Uh, you, you always want to be able to go back and look at it. Yeah, well, or you always yeah, want to be able to go back. Yeah, but it's also something that if that shit gets out, everybody in the whole fucking planet's fucked. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, or you want to keep a, a, a little fistful of it just in case we ever get too pissed at Russia. Well, and didn't the colonel say that they weren't ever really able to get a lot of information out of him and that's why they kept it was so later yeah. they could go back and maybe see, oh, hey, this is this is yeah. what our technology couldn't find. Yeah, it's like yep. you know, 20 years ago they didn't know about DNA, so they kept the shit and now they got DNA and now you can figure that shit out. Now you can figure yeah, out and, that OJ killed that was two kind people. Of... Yeah, and that was kind of the initial like idea for Tetsuo is that he might be the solution to to preventing these espers from going thermonuclear because while he had similar power levels to Akira, they were contrasting. But so anyhow, uh, the espers jump in to the super massive Tetsuo Akira explosion party that's going on. <laughs> uh, get Canada out and. Akira decides, like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go ahead and create a new universe. And I'm going to take Tetsuo and the Espers with me. And then we get the, uh, the Big Bang. And the biblical I am Tetsuro, or Tetsuo line kind of uttered. And a new universe is initiated. Uh, For them, maybe. Uh, because Neo Neo Tokyo is extra fucked. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, Canada and K, they're they're cool. Uh, but holy shit, does it look worse for the wear now? Everything's flooded. Everything's busted. And it wasn't in that good of shape anyway. And no. to say it's even worse now is like fuck. Yeah, it's. I mean, I've I've seen some shit being in bad condition, and then the, they just blew it up again. Like, God damn it! Now what are we gonna do? It's time to just well, get a broom. Back to the way it was. At, at what point do you have to sit there and say we've dumped enough money into it? It's time to just walk away. Yeah, I I think I think you have nowhere to go but up from here. And that's how we end the movie Akira, guys. Uh, so Tim, mm-hmm. w- what are your thoughts? I'll I'll let you go go out on it. <laughs> uh, I think it's definitely a movie that you probably have to see more than once to be able to fully appreciate everything. But uh, like I said, just even if you didn't listen to it with sound, just watching the movie is just an experience. And it kind of like is uh, Mad Max, where it's one of those things where it's just fun to watch and not really pay too much attention to. But then if you want to sit down and pay attention and put the work into it, there's a lot of different things going on a lot of different levels. Hmm. So I'm glad that you recommended this for us to watch because this is something that was always kind of like on my list to watch, but then it was always like something that kept getting pushed back on my list. So hats off, Charlie. Well, thank you. I, uh, I feel the same way about it. It was always on my list, but it just kept getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, and it was a perfect time to watch it. Yeah. So it's so Charlie. What you have anything you want to add? I this I agree with Tim that yeah you can put it on the background. In fact, that's actually what I did today is I had it on the background for a little bit because I'd already seen it enough times to you know really watch it and get it. But yeah, even in the background, you can pick up certain things or you'll hear certain things that you just forgot. But then when you do want to put in the time and really watch it, there's just so many layers to it. That just it, mm-hmm. it's a, it's one that you're gonna watch even five and six times later, and you'll still catch something different, or you'll see something new that just adds to that that layer. Yeah, 
Yeah, totally agree. And it's it's one of them I didn't I didn't really know how to approach because, like I said, I, I saw it a goddamn 15, 16 years ago, um, and just rewatched it again recently. And it's so difficult to to really fully cover mm-hmm. um, because there's just so much going on. It's something I, I'm probably going to revisit. I think. I think I hit the major notes of it that I really wanted to get into, kind of what some of the the uh, greater storytelling is on it. But there are so many like smaller, just personal stories that go on under the hood of this movie that that uh, that we we didn't cover, you know. Oh yeah. Well, hopefully, um, we covered enough of it that if somebody hasn't seen it like we did, that it'll make them curious enough to want to go out and watch it and. They won't have everything spoiled for them. There'll be some surprises. And that was the thing, exactly. too. Is when, when we wanted to you know, say, hey, let's cover the main themes on it, it, it was one of those things where I felt I didn't want to do it a disservice. Because, like you said, there are so many stories in it, and it's so well interwoven that you know you can hit on the main points, but you have to tread lightly because you could do the movie a complete disservice by saying, yeah. oh, A, B, C, D. Meanwhile, you're forgetting you know, Z, Y, X, W, V. Yeah, I think knowing the context that the film should be taken into and then knowing kind of, I mean, like, so I'm not a big fan of anime in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am a huge fan, though, of, of the work of the uh, uh, manga artist Junji Ito. And he's got a series that's called Gyo, G-Y-O, that you should probably check out if you haven't. Okay. That's sort of reminiscent of this it's basically it, it covers like like a lot of fiction uh specifically like manga and, and anime there's a lot of allegories and, and a lot of reference to world war ii but but this is about um japan and, and some of the the kind of um the the war crimes that, that they had committed uh back during world war ii mm-hmm. coming back and and attacking them Fascinating. In, in, in the oh, form wait, of... About, uh, what is that? Unit 731? A little bit. It doesn't really directly get into that. Uh, basically, yeah. the idea is they're doing experimentation uh, with with robotics and, and on humans and stuff, and, and they, they kind of dump it into the ocean. <laughs> and then it, it takes over... The world's uh, the sea, Yeah, yeah. And then it takes over the sea life, and then the sea life starts... Uh, robotically coming and marching on to Japan and killing everyone and everything. In manga, you don't eat seafood. In manga. Seafood eats you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it fucking stinks, too. Uh, <laughs> so it's definitely worth checking out. Okay. But I, I think... Uh, so. So I guess that's getting ahead of my recommendations. So, yeah, I, I really just more wanted to kind of cover the broader themes of Akira, go out and watch it. Like like we were talking about, I just fucking pre-ordered the 4K of it that's going to be here in two days, for Christ's sake, and I just finished watching it. it's here in two days. Hey, it'll oh, get God, here before Tim's Xbox does. So. God damn it, it probably will. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll be listening to this before Tim has his Xbox, too, by the way. Oh, Jesus, no, please. Tim will have a PlayStation before he gets his Xbox. No, because I think they said that if they don't, that I shouldn't worry that if the... Uh, order isn't to be fulfilled before January 3rd, they'll cancel it and just refund my credit card. Oh, goody. So you just won't get one. Yeah. Yeah. And all this time, I'll be like, nah, I don't need to go to Walmart. No, nah, I don't need to go to Amazon. <laughs> no, nah, I don't need to go to GameStop. 
I don't I don't like uh, to suggest it, but you should just you should just go find one at Walmart or GameStop or you know Times Square, buy it, and then cancel it. That way you have it. You've got it. Maybe paid yeah. a little bit more, maybe. But you have your Xbox. Well, I think the problem is is that you can't buy these in stores. Almost yeah. because of Corona, almost everything's online. That's why the scalpers and the bots have been going crazy buying these things up. True. My brother True. went and got one at uh, a Walmart, and he actually he flipped it because he doesn't really want any of the games out right now. But he said that when he went to Walmart, he asked about a PlayStation, and the lady got really mad because the store opened, I guess, at like seven o'clock. And mm. it was like nine o'clock, and he goes, "Yeah, she got really mad." And she said, "We only got three of those at midnight, and at seven a.m. there was sixty-five people in line waiting for it." And it was like, "God damn!" Oh yeah, no, they do the same thing with like all the Game Stops here, and uh, at least in New York, they announced that they were going to go on sale in the physical stores, but they were only going to have like two Xboxes and three Playstations. And there were fucking lines of people, 30, 40 people deep. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think? You think all those people's credit cards are going to decline and you're (laughs) going to be able to get in and scoop one up? You should just have, you should get Death Force back together and just wait in the wings. Mm -hmm. You guys can hit games. All of a sudden, there's a gang going around robbing people of their Xboxes. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, when when you get your Xbox, Tim, and you play Cyberpunk, they actually have... And Akira motorcycle in Cyberpunk. Oh, nice! I found that out uh, the other day, and it's actually yeah, it's what is it here? Now, does it work? It's it does. <laughs> well, we'll find out. We'll find out. Just don't don't get the gears below five thousand, and you'll be okay. Oh, because if you <laughs> yeah. get the gears below five thousand, the dildos start popping out of the tires, right? Out of the seat, know. if you're if you're lucky. Oh, well, that's if you're lucky. But yeah, so the motorcycle. If you look it up later, it, it definitely has more than a passing resemblance so that's funny yeah so yeah I, i've talked about my couple of recommendations here Gio, uh obviously and then of course we we talked about it um a little bit earlier uh now it's slipping my brain though Tim. watchman 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 yes the watchman if you want to see kind of the uh english slash american quote unquote because they did a movie in america uh, that take, or they did a uh, a TV show on Watchmen that I never watched, but I probably it should. It is. I don't think it has real. I think it has about like maybe ten percent to do with that comic book, with just using some of the basic characters. But it is a brilliant show. And Don Johnson okay. is in it. So yes, he oof. is. Now I gotta like watch it. A bit it. of a dubious uh, Southerner there. Well, he is a Southerner. So, He's just playing himself. And he is dubious. <laughs> I remember, Melanie Griffin was like fucking fourteen years old. Uh, you know what? We all have a past, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of us are in Death Force. Some of us are uh, hooking up with Melanie Griffith. What are you hmm, going to do? I wonder who got the better of the deal. And you know what? If if you were young Don Johnson with Melanie Griffith, you didn't need Blue Chew like you do if you're Mr. Antonio Banderas now. I bet you That's he true. needs it now. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe. So do you guys have any other recommendations or do you want to just rest on the ones we've talked about already? Plus, of course, watch Akira. Watch Akira, uh, watch 70s Japanese films, like crime films. It'll give you a really good basis in where okay. where they were, like, emotionally and mentally, uh, where they were at that time in the 70s and 80s. We were watching uh, a couple, uh, what was it, Female Prisoner Scorpion. We were watching those movies. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. And, okay. oh, if you want, oh, man, if you want to do, like, Japanese horror 
do one of those films. Like it is just, ugh. it's not body horror, but man, you see people just killed in fascinating ways. Bodies just mutilated, mm. um, men demasculated or emasculated in just amazing ways. Like she killed this male guard who raped her to like basically send a message to the other guard, to the other prisoners. And after mm-hmm. she killed him, she shoves like this tree branch up his dick and just Jesus. leaves him laying out in the middle of nowhere. And it's like, holy shit, this is a dark fucking film. And watching it, it's just like watching, uh, uh, it's like watching a real life manga, come, uh, manga come to life. Uh, and then Damn. you see this and it's like, oh my God, I can see all these themes and all these images. It's just, it's beautiful. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to get into some of those. Tim, you got anything? Uh, well, I definitely recommend this movie, and I will back up Charlie. I think you should definitely check out some of the Japanese uh, gangster movies. And I think what's interesting with Japanese movies back then is it's all, I mean, all our war movies are told from our point, of course, and we won the war. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. always interesting to see what their take on it is where, you know, they lost the war and how they had to rebuild and everything like that. So definitely I would check out yeah. a lot of old Japanese movies from the 70s, 60s and 70s. All right. So I know um, I this is going to be an interesting learning experience for me because I haven't barely seen Japanese horror stuff. Um, the only one I'm going to be bringing into it this month is Uzumaki, and that's just because I love Junji Ito, of course. Okay. So... Uh, Tim, you and I get a we get to watch uh, a horror movie about spirals. Hmm. Wait, like spirals, like spirograph? Spirals, Uzumaki. That's what it means. Is a spiral. It's about a, a town or a, a society that becomes obsessed with spirals. Huh. Hmm. So yeah. is this before seven or before the number twenty-three or after the number twenty-three? Before. Well, before. Okay. So Jim Carrey, you hack. <laughs> Jim Carrey, you hack. So I think that about does it for this episode of the Bloody Bits Horror Show. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Charlie, do you have anything to promote? I don't. I don't have anything to promote. I don't have any podcasts. I just, I'm a fan of... What about your Instagram page with that beautiful van work that you're doing? Oh, yeah, your van work. My van work. I I got a van that I'm working on, but my my Instagram, it's private. I just, I don't know. Okay. I'm a private guy. Well, people can send you invites, and if you want, then you can accept it. Yeah, you guys can find me. It'll be more exclusive, won't it? Yeah, there you go. If you guys want to find me, I'm Sir Charles of Sacto, all one word on Instagram. Uh, Come on over. I'm private, but uh, I just... Like I said, I don't. That means I, he's not accepting any invites, and I should have kept my mouth shut. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but uh, I don't. I don't do podcasts. I'm just. I'm a fan of all the Binverse podcasts that are out there. And you done David show Mustachio Podcastio, and that was pretty mm-hmm. good. I actually, yeah. So actually, I. But when this podcast comes out, I will. Let's see here. I'll be doing another segment on Daniels. We're doing an episode of Miami Vice. And then we're going to be doing Ooh, a movie yes. for like February. And then uh, in January, also, Candace and I will be doing an episode on the grind bin. Um, oh. I, oh, I think I'm on that show, too. Oh, boy. I, I, Let me just say this. Pew, pew, pew. No, no. We're going to be on a separate episode. I can't tell you the movie oh. just yet. But by the time this episode comes out in January, we will have already recorded it. So it'll probably be out like in February time. So... But yeah, that's just that's it. Just listen to all three shows all the time, so you never miss. Don't them. ever, don't ever not listen yep. to anything else. Yeah, it's the best thing going in podcasts. Yes, I've let's do the to Fox News thing. 
This is the only three podcasts you should listen to if you want to hear real podcasting. All the other podcasts are fake podcasts. Yeah, yeah. I can't. A lot of the times, <laughs> they haven't even watched the fucking movies. Yeah, and they're talking yeah, they about it. they just go them. on Wikipedia. They're just on Wikipedia reading about it. I can't wait until yeah. we have a grind bin podcast uh, get together, like a convention where it's just 15 of us in a room <laughs> oh and there's God. like seven <laughs> podcasts between everybody. It'll be great. It'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> There'll God. be 15 in the room. There'll be 17 podcasts. We're going to scream yep, baby yep. ghost. Everybody's just drunk, screaming at each other. Yeah, that'll be wonderful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> baby ghost is good. <laughs> God. All right, guys, so uh, this is it for me, Eddie, the Axe, Tim, and, of course, Charlie. And this is how I end it.